spring here, it's kind of like a little running start to the holidays, right? We get an extra day to prepare our hearts for this uh, wonderful season in which we find ourselves. And of course, uh, Christmas Eve is well covered. There's a lot of churches holding services tomorrow night. And so if you want extra Christmas Eve uh, services, we've got those too. But we thought it's wonderful to have some time for those of you that do have family gatherings and events to to get your Christmas season started. And uh, very thankful to have all of these kids here. And uh, kids, hang in there for a few minutes because I hear you're going to be doing a song here at the end of the gathering. But I've got a short reflection for you tonight. Um, uh, I'll save the full sermon for tomorrow morning. And so if you're intrigued, uh, you can come on back tomorrow. Tonight's kind of like the milk and cookies, and tomorrow is the ham and potatoes. So hopefully I can keep it, uh, keep it short here tonight. Uh, but Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year. I'm one of those people that just absolutely love all the elements of Christmas. Our family gets started Christmas very early. Right after Thanksgiving, we begin the hunt for the Christmas tree. I think I've got even a little picture of our crew and a group of friends. You know, this is the non-Instagrammable picture here of our scruffy crew all gathered thousands of Christmas trees. And I, as the, the dad, love to spend, you know, hours and hours just saying, no, not the right tree. It's not the perfect tree. We've got to bring home just the right tree. We love to actually chop it down ourselves, ride the wagon, get the hot chocolate, you know, essentially get the full experience. And then we drag that thing home. And I don't know if you do this at your home, but you know, we decorate it. We make a whole day of the experience, putting all the decorations out, lighting up the house and all of that extravaganza. And while there are lots of debates about the origin of Christmas trees, are they pagan? Are they Christian? Which I'm not going to get into tonight, but would love to talk to you about. Uh, For me, Christmas trees are like a giant neon sign just pointing us heavenward to the one who came down from heaven to earth to seek and save us. And so I love that uh, about the season. I love the Christmas lights that we see. Our family goes. Uh, I don't know if your family does this, but on the big trip to go see all the best spots in town where there are whole neighborhoods that are lit up, houses that are incredible, or maybe you've gone over to the ballpark and driven through all of the lights over there. It's incredible to see the whole world lit up for the light of the world. Um, we also love to sing. I don't know if any of you guys sing, but the one time that our family sings throughout the entire year is in that Advent season. We bust out the old song sheets and we belt out in our really terrible <laughs> voices. We just belt out all those classic Advent songs and hymns. And, and it's, it's so fun. I love it. This week we had a Christmas party. Our whole community came over and brought in all the best food. Um, Everybody went all out. The Christmas cookies were just next level. Uh, Everything about it is fun. It's just so much funner celebrating Christmas together with friends. And perhaps the thing all of you kids are most excited about, right, are the presents, that, that final thing. Maybe they're under the tree right now, wrapped up these beautiful things that have been selected with care, wrapped in this bewitchingly beautiful paper with bows and ribbons and sitting under the tree just waiting to be opened a couple days 
from now. And yet, in all that splendor, uh, something is missing, right? As we celebrate the season and all the wonder and all the joy it brings. Um, I don't know if it's you, but our tree is already losing its needles, right? That thing, that thing is eventually going to die, and we're going to have to sadly cart it off to the yardway site in January, right? The Christmas lights start to go on the fritz at some point, and eventually we have to take them down, you know? All of that Christmas food, all of those Christmas cookies, um, we eventually, right, have to be paid for, right? All that extra weight is something that's going to send us back to the gym in just a few more weeks. And those Christmas gifts, right, that are so wonderful and so precious, right, to open, you know, their attention span only is so long. That gift that was so incredible at two doesn't look quite so great at 12 or 20 or 40, right? You get the idea and all the wonders of the season, even our best moments, there's a joy that we grasp that just seems to slip through our fingers, right? We find in ourselves a desire that no holiday celebration can ever quite live up to. Uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, the children's story uh, writer C.S. Lewis, um, said this in Mere Christianity. I thought it's so true as it captures the holiday season. He says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. He said, if none of the earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it for the real thing. If that is so, I must take care, on the one hand, never to despise or be unthankful for those earthly blessings, and on the other hand, never to mistake them for the something else which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. I must keep alive in myself that desire for my true country, which I shall not find till after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that country and help others to do the same. I hope, this, I hope this makes, and for me, makes so much sense of the desires, right, that the Christmas season stirs in us, right? They're a testimony to something beyond this world, right? Something that we long for and never is quite satisfied. The food might have been wonderful, right? The Christmas gifts might have been incredible, right? The time with family and friends Superb, but there's still something missing, something lacking, something deeper that our hearts desire. Um, and that's where we come as we come to the gospel accounts in Scripture of Jesus' birth. There, there are signposts, I think, to that something that our hearts are longing for, that something that we were made for, deeper than the presence and deeper than all the songs and all of the things surrounding the season. So I just want to give you one really short testimony from each of the gospel writers, just a, just a, just a signpost pointing you forward to, to something, I think, beyond all of the superficial things in the season, to the heart of what Christmas is all about. And so Matthew tells us, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us at the heart of the Christmas story is the simple but profound reality of God with us. Beyond all of the pageantry is the reality of God's 
presence, right? That is what we were made for, and that is what sin has knocked out of whack in our lives. That's what's alienated us from God. And so the good news is that God wants to restore that broken relationship. The desire behind all those other desires is that deeper desire for God. It's a spiritual hunger that simply cannot be satisfied by material things. When we flip over to Luke's gospel, um, he tells us how God, in fact, intends to restore that relationship. He says, fear not, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God bridges the gap uh, created by our sin by coming as our Savior and, sin, and King. Since we could never save ourselves, God came down to seek and save the lost. He reaches down into our brokenness, our disillusionment, all of those unmet dreams and desires, all of those wishes, right, that we walk away on Christmas morning that are still unfulfilled, still unsatisfied. And God meets us with the greatest gift of all, which is the gift of himself and his kingdom and all of the joy that that offers. One final testimony for you. Told you, I'm going to be quick here. Uh, John takes us maybe even deeper into the mystery. Uh, John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John shows us the extent to which God will go to reclaim his lost creation. The eternal word will take on flesh and blood to redeem and restore this broken and fallen world. In fact, God is putting everything in this broken and fallen world back together through Jesus, and he's starting with us, right? He's come into our world. He understands our weaknesses, our sorrows. He's willing to enter into our pain and suffering. He's been tempted in every way we are, yet Without sin, even our sin and suffering can be refined and turned to glory through Jesus' ministry of grace and truth as he meets us right in the midst of the messiness of life, right in the midst of shattered and broken dreams, unmet desires. That is exactly what Jesus came to do. So the gospel writers team up, as it were, to capture the multifaceted wonder of the season. They remind us that we could never find our way to God, so God had to come and find us to seek and save the lost, to come and meet all of the desires that we find unmet in so many ways in this world. So as you're taking in the sights and sounds of the season this year, I just want to point you further up and further in to the source of all joy, that you would look at the lights, you'd look at the food, that you would look at the presents, that you would look at the songs that we'd sing, that all of those things would just be like a giant neon sign just pointing you upward to God in heaven. God gives, Christmas gives us this wonderful opportunity uh, to look past all of the signposts of this season to the substance. And my prayer is that you would find some of the glory this Christmas season. And so uh, let me pray, and we'll get to do a little bit more singing tonight. But Father, we pray uh, that as we come, full of anticipation, it's the eve of the eve after all, so excited about all of the presents that are going to be opened under the tree, uh, so excited about all the incredible food that we're going to enjoy together all the time with friends and family, all of the wonderful gatherings that are planned and activities, uh, God, that in all those things we might enjoy them, 
uh, that we might enjoy them to your glory. But even when we see, God, where they're lacking, where dreams go unmet, where desires go unfulfilled, where, where dreams are broken, God, that we look beyond the shadows to the substance of the season and see more of you and your glory this season. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.